1: Hello, hello, hello. Well, obviously I'm not actually here, but I I am. Um, <laughs> you turned up late. Yeah, Yeah. You know, obviously we're recording this like sort of after the fact. Yeah. But uh, first things first, just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody that's joined the Not So Secret Secret Club, whether that be Apple or Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of people join that, so thank you very much. We did have a very generous donation uh, into the tip jar, which yeah. is the Go For Me. Uh, thingy, um, what what's the link for PayPal? I never I never didn't put it on. I
2: don't know. I think you just type in the email address e-mail for address. PayPal.
1: So what's your email address?
2: Uh, mine is twihpod at gmail.com and then yours is.
1: No, I ain't got one for PayPal. So it's so no. it's no. this week in history. Yeah, twihpod. Yeah, so if you want to do it PayPal wise, you can do it that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for your generous donation. You know who you are, and. Like I say, thank you very much for everybody that's joined up to the Not So Secret Secret Club. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep joining, obviously. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, keep sharing the show and all that good stuff. Uh, Makes a massive difference. And obviously, thank you again to Jim Harold. All right. So, how's your week been? Apart from the stinging ringer, which we'll get to at the end of the show. (laughs) We will, yeah.
2: Um, Um, Yeah, not bad.
1: Not bad. Well, I came across this story and... Because we are sort of, you know, we are in the realm of public service announcements. You know, we've done many in the past. Yes. And um, I, I saw this story and I thought, well, you know, we've got to share this because people need to know. Okay. About this sort of stuff. So, you know, this is from Courtney uh, Potion. I think her name is Potion Potion. Whatever. And and she writes for the Mirror. But here we go. And obviously, this is referring to the UK. But I'm sure I'm absolutely definite that this happens in Kentucky as well. But anyway, so the, just Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Jerry's from as well. Yeah. Uh, the UK has been hit by scorching temperatures over the last few days and it looks like the nice weather is going to continue over the next few days. Absolutely it is. And while there is plenty of good advice online on how to keep cool, I mean I presume there is advice online of how to keep cool, but I mean who the fuck needs advice. Yeah, do you need to Yeah. yeah. If you live this long, you probably You probably know know that. Shade good. Sun bad. Anyway. (laughs) Um There's only one suggestion out there that certainly shouldn't pay any attention to, no matter how hot it gets. Right. Mm, Well Some women might become so desperate from to relieve themselves from the heat they actually consider inserting ice lollies popsicles into their vaginas <laughs> believing it will help <laughs> okay in the case right. you were thinking about giving it a go now you're all thinking about giving it a go especially I'm in Kentucky an expert is keen to let you know this is a really bad idea no shit uh, speaking to the Metro Dr. Sarah Walsh the co-founder of Hank's Comdom brand never heard of it no must uh, be a great one Warn women yeah, women not to put ice anywhere near their genitals she said the vagina is composed of very delicate and sensitive skin hence that uh, things that may seem innocent you know may cause infections irritations and damage right um not
2: to mention it'll be sticky as shit
1: okay so i mean this is absolutely mental but i mean i've not got one um got an ice lolly no <laughs> oh <laughs> i ain't got i ain't got you know a vagina so no. not yet
2: no. so um you're just you waiting on your surgery I, date
1: aren't you yeah but, but <laughs> i have got an anus right funny enough <laughs> and i've never thought on a hot day <laughs> I'd really like to shove something cold up my anus. You because know,
2: you're not a pervert.
1: I'd probably start by drinking something cold, you know, and then doing all the usual things like wearing less clothing, staying stay in the shade, all these things that, you know, we usually do. Yeah. So who these people are who, who? are sticking lollipops up them, but obviously there are some because they've ended
2: up in hospital. And they've made a an entire newspaper article yeah.
1: about it. I mean, it gets worse. So, Dr. Sheer Bata, a consultant uh, gynaecologist uh, from Men's, uh, My Health Care Clinic, uh, she's obviously warning about other issues. She goes on to say about, you know, obviously any foreign bodies in there can cause infection. Uh, she says you should just wear loose cotton underwear, avoiding tight clothes, obviously that can cause dermatitis and stuff like that she said take cool showers obviously without internal douching uh, and keeping well hydrated should suffice (laughs) oh my god
2: i can't believe Uh, they need to write this down uh, uh,
1: yeah this isn't the first bizarre warning experts have issued to women recently in june a nurse begged ladies not to try and vacuum their periods Yep, I actually said that. Yeah. After two young women were hospitalised uh, for doing this. And I know I actually said young women, but these are fucking adults. She claimed the women, aged 19 and 20, 23, had used the hoover to try and suck out their periods early. <laughs> I mean, don't try this at home, right? <laughs> this, is, this is why I'm doing this section. Don't try this at home. That's just not a good idea.
2: Fucking hell. I mean oh
1: dear. can you imagine the fucking damage you could do anyway
2: Jesus
1: um, <laughs> yeah obviously your body can't tolerate that sort of
2: no no shit, shit
1: and it could even send your body into shock um, but this is the worst bit and this is where we'll end this story but over the last few months females have also been urged right public service announcements mm. on the TV or whatever on the radio I don't know People have paid for this, though. Not to put into their vaginas, and people have done this, obviously. That's what they've been told, not to do this. And I I don't know why. Unless they're trying to make it more tasty. Um, Yeah, okay. You know. But they've been told not to put in garlic, parsley, bath bombs, and cucumbers. The cucumbers I sort of understand. Um, But garlic, parsley, bath bombs. Have you seen what a bath bomb? Happened, what was the one then when you put it in the fucking
2: bath? I think that's probably the point—is why bath bombs is on there. Yeah, because <laughs> of but what it does. Who tried it? I who
1: thought, "Well, this would be a good idea." Maybe it's maybe, well, maybe yeah, maybe they're trying <laughs> to make it more scenty.
2: I don't know, but I mean, imagine gar- going down
1: there and finding garlic—you'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, "What the?" <laughs> couldn't you this is normal oh parsley i mean fucking hell you what can't... the fuck is this daddy she i just try to keep cool <laughs> what with like Alec? he you fucking drugs <laughs> okay what what is wrong with people what is wrong with people anyway the this message is be... clear is ladies yeah jesus the message is clear ladies leave your vagina
2: alone
1: <laughs>
2: bloody hell well, thanks for that. Yeah,
1: I'm glad we. I'm glad we circled back.
2: I'm glad you turned up just to tell me that story. Well, there
1: you go. I mean, like I say, a lot of our listeners are female, of course. So yeah.
2: Yeah, there's public service. You've announcement. been warned. Don't don't say we don't. Have you out. <laughs> Brilliant. Should we get on with the show now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get on with the. Uh, what is it?
1: Booking sure
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hello there ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bizarre Tales. Now Lee may be joining me in a bit, but at the moment I believe he's still in bed. So it's around sort of quarter past seven in the morning. Uh, I have sent him a quick message to see if he'll drag his ass out of the caravan and come over to here to record. But uh, we are still waiting. So without further ado, I am going to get on with the show because, uh, you know, time doesn't wait for everybody. So, uh, we are going to be talking about the next episode in our haunted counties of England. We'll be moving on to the county of Buckinghamshire. Now, Buckinghamshire is not the biggest county in England. Um, Geographically, it is quite a large county. Um, However, population-wise, it is quite a small county. It's one of these rural counties Um, It gets abbreviated to Bucks quite a lot, so a lot of people call it Bucks. If you ever hear people saying that, that's Buckinghamshire. Now, it's like I said, it is a large geographical county. It covers the southeast of England. Just to give you a bit of an idea, it actually borders with quite a lot as well. It borders with Greater London, Berkshire, Oxfordshire, Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. It has a handful of big towns and um, probably the most common would be Milton Keynes, um, which is a newly built city or newly bi- built, um, I'm not sure if Milton Keynes is a city or not. Anyway, it, Milton Keynes was only built in around the 40s, 50s, um, so it's not a very old town. It does have some older towns, so it does have towns like Amersham, High Wycombe, Chesham, Aylesbury, Buckingham, um, even as far as things like princess risborough as well. So there are some some big towns in the area. Um, obviously older cities and older towns tend to have a little bit more going on when we're talking about the supernatural. Buckinghamshire is I would say a strange type of area. Okay. It's not your your average town or your, your average county in the UK. It is very very rural. Very small villages, um, little parishes and hamlets and things like that all over the place. It's um, yeah, it's it's what what you would probably imagine when you're talking about if you was to think of old old Britain, and I mean like pre roads, you know that old um, Buckinghamshire would probably be on your list of places. It's it's one of those ones. So, we're going to get started. We will start with one of the most famous stories in Buckinghamshire, um, and that is the George and Dragon Hotel in West Wickham. So, one of West Wickham's most infamous sons was France, Sir Francis Dashwood. He was rep- responsible for excavating West Wickham caves for debauched cavorting of the notorious Hellfire Club. A group of fellow aristocrats and men of influence. Men from the village employed in the construction of the caves were thus saved from the crushing poverty of their age, earning Dashwood the gratitude of the locals and ensuring that they were willing to turn a blind eye to the spurious goings-on beneath the hillside. The village today is a delightful encave Owned and preserved by the National Trust. The red brick facade of the George and Dragons is one of the village's most striking exteriors, and turning under its archway, enter into its snug and atmospheric interior. Generations of traders, travellers, lovers, and visitors have left their traces of their presence on the building and its atmosphere. Tradition holds. That Suki, the beautiful social climber whose ghost is said to haunt the building, a servant girl who worked in the Georgian Dragon in the 18th century. Among her many admirers, there were three boys from the village. Advances she rejected since she had her sights on becoming the mistress of an aristocrat. One day, a wealthy young man Paid a visit to the inn and to Suki. Seeing him as her meal ticket out of there, she promptly set about ensnaring him. Soon the rich young man was besotted by this beautiful servant girl and began paying daily visits to the inn. This irked the three local lads, who hatched a cunning plan to teach Suki a lesson. They sent her a letter which was meant to come from this rich young gentleman, informing her that he wished to elope with her. She was instructed to wear a white dress and meet him at night in the West Wickham caves. The unexpected Suki dressed accordingly and set for her rendezvous. Arriving at the mouth of the caves, she lit a flaming torch and head off into the labyrinth. Hidden behind a large rock spurned these lads, watched with anticipation as she approached. Just as she had passed by, they seized the torch, dashed it to the ground and extinguished the flame. Suki was terrified and fled into the darkness with her tormentors in hot pursuit. It was then that the prank turned to a tragedy. As the frightened girl turned a corner, she tripped over a rock and her head struck the wall of the cave, knocking her unconscious. The three lads summoned help from the villagers, who arrived to carry the now comatosed girl back to her room at the and Dragon. A doctor was called, but in the early hours of the morning, the poor girl died. It was not long before reports were circulating about Suki's restless ghost haunting the Georgian dragon. The two maids who shared her room were visited by her just a few days after her demise and refused point blank to set foot in the inn again. Over the next few centuries, there were frequent reports of ghostly white lady seen drifting about the Georgian dragon in the early hours of the morning. In 1966, Mr. Robbins, an American guest staying at the hotel, awoke one night to find a pinpoint of light glowing about three feet off the ground near the door. He watched as the light began to grow into a stature and took an opaquely pearly quality. Flinging back the covers, he leapt out of his bed and strode towards it. Suddenly he entered a zone of intense cold, his arms and legs became heavy, and he was overcome by the feeling of utter despondency. Life seemed futile, beset by tragedy, life must have felt like this for poor Suki. I thought no one to protect her dignity, at this realization of the light ballooned forwards and seemed to reach for me. This proved too much for the until then fearless Mr. Robbins. He jumped straight back into bed and turned on the light. Suki is the best attested of the Georgian dragon's ghost. But she is not alone. Heavy footsteps are often heard descending the main staircase, believed to belong to a traveller who was murdered at the inn in the 18th century. His name and the circumstances behind his demise have long since been forgotten, and only the ominous plodding now testifies to the event. Other female phantoms have been seen at various locations around the inn, but Suki's story and her subsequent ramblings puts them all to shame. Our next haunted building is called Claydon House in Middle Claydon, which is obviously in Buckinghamshire. The ghost of former owner, Sir Edmund Verney, a royal standard bearer at the Battle of Edge Hill in 1642, is said to haunt this delightful and exquisite house. As he fought boldly for his king, he was captured by Cromwell's troops and ordered to surrender the colours. This he refused to do, observing bravely that my life is my own, but my standard is the king's. They killed him there and then, but when the troops attempted to seize the standard, they found that his fingers could not be prized from around it, and so they hacked off his hand. As the battle progressed, the royalists recaptured the banner and found the determined hand still clasped around it. Sir Edmund's body was never recovered, but his hand together with its identifying signet ring were both sent back to Claydon where the hand was inserted into the family vault. Sir Edmund's ghost has haunted the building ever since on an eternal quest to be reunited with his missing body part. His tormented wrath resplendent in the 17th century costume has been seen pacing fitfully along the corridors or standing dolefully on the stairs with a look of dismay etched upon his face as he continues his search for the hand that he lost to loyalty. The next story has been sent in to us. Now, we are talking here about a family pub. Now, this pub is quite an old one. Uh, it was built, I believe, around the 1500s. Um, it still has original wooden beams. Uh, it's a very old-fashioned country English pub. Now, this pub is called the Swan Inn. And it is based in North Hall, which is a village just on the Buckinghamshire-Bedfordshire border. It is a pub that I spent many, many times in. I've even spent Christmases in this pub. Because this pub in particular is actually, or was, up until earlier this year, owned by my aunt and uncle. And the stories have certainly come to life in this pub. Now, I distinctly remember certain things about the pub Um, growing up. I remember there were noises and knockings and things like that. And you always had that uneasy feeling of somebody was there. You know, you wouldn't go up as a child. You wouldn't go up there alone. um, And if you ever did, you you would run. You know, I always remember... My mum would say, oh, just go upstairs and get this, and you would run up the stairs of this pub, grab what you needed to get, and run back down again. Now, obviously, I only spent a little bit of time in this pub, maybe a few days a year. My cousins lived in this pub. So the stories that you're going to hear have come from my cousin, uh, my cousin Emily, and she's obviously talking about some of the goings-on that her, her friends and her family have experienced in this pub.
3: So the first incident was when we were at the pub um, one summer and we were playing up in the Hayloft um, and we had Scarelectric set up. So a little racing track with like all the toy cars and stuff and we were playing on that We lined all of the cars up at the beginning of the racetrack and went downstairs for lunch. Um, We had the key to the hayloft so we locked it and went downstairs for lunch and when we came back up and unlocked the door all of the cars were halfway around the tracks um, and there was only the one key that we had which we had on us the whole time Um, and that was myself and two of our friends, sister and two of our friends um, on that incident so that was pretty freaky. The time was when we uh, had a PlayStation and we were playing on Spyro as you do back in the day. and we went down um, again for dinner um, and undid like unplugged the PlayStation everything and got like everything sorted, went down for dinner came back up and Spyro was running around on the TV screen um, as if someone was controlling it and and playing, breathing fire, doing the dodges and everything, but everything was turned off by the plugs. The TV was even off. It was really freaky, like really freaky. So that's two incidents. Another incident as well that happened was um, that my sister Olivia got up one night from bed and gone to the bathroom to go to the toilet and the shower was on and she then got up and turned that off obviously made sure I think was all okay and then as she was leaving the bathroom it turned itself back on again and she came back into my room um, and woke me up and was like someone's in the bathroom so we went back into the bathroom together turned the shower off um, and as we were both walking out again the shower turned on again so that was really freaky whenever you're in the pub as well um and you're working there's a little room that's like we call the glass wash room and in the glass wash room you always always feel like that there's a presence um so whether you're like working on your own in the bar or whether there's someone else around in the bar area um you always feel like there's someone else in that room with you it's it's quite freaky at times so that's that's a constant. Um, And I think there's been several members of staff that have felt that and there's been times where we've been like, oh, what did you say? Or something and nobody's around. Um, Nobody's in that room with you. So it's a little bit, yeah, again, there's another kind of thing there. Um, Another incident as well happened with Mum. Um, So she was locking up and we were living upstairs at the time, she was locking up, got everything sorted, turned the um, stereo system off by the plug and everything, took like obviously the CDs out, the CD player, um, turned everything off and was locking up to come upstairs. And she got into bed and then heard music downstairs playing. And said to dad, "There's some like someone's downstairs. There's something happening." When they went down, the CD player was on, and there was no CD in the in the um, in it at all. Like nothing was in there. The CD player was on, and music was playing um, all around the pub, which was really freaky as well. Another time, um, I was working. I was wrapping up cutlery um, in the back room towards the end of a shift, and um, I turned around and saw. Um, like a shadow at the bar and I was just like oh sorry we're closing and the shadow just kind of walked away Um, and then when I looked out into the bar there was absolutely nobody there so that was again a little bit a little bit eerie actually thinking about it um, and thinking about actually being there on my own with like somebody upstairs counting and doing the till and that was the like it was only me and that person at the time and yeah just knowing that there was something there there's been so many incidents though and so many things over the years but like I said there's always you always feel a presence around you um in certain areas of the pub like the glass washroom, like the the back area where we kind of have it in between the kitchen and the bar area that's where we kind of keep the cutlery and everything um and you always always feel a presence it's um yeah, a little bit freaky at times, but there's been nothing harmful. There's been no kind of like really scary, like kind of um, like m- making you jump or like anything horrible. Um, it's always been sort of a nice presence and something like just someone there that you, you just feel comfortable with, if that even makes sense. But yeah, so uh, they're kind of the incidents that have happened to us um, at the pub and over time and things so
2: So there we have a first hand account of quite a lot of incidences going on in a single location and I find that very strange that we don't have many of these because I seem to find when we find an area or a, a specific building that has quite a lot of experience or quite a lot of things going on They seem to be around the same event. So the same thing that repeats itself over and over again. Whereas in this instance, we can clearly see um, whatever's going on in this pub. You've got uh, turning stereos on, uh, playing with, with different things in the pub, turning the showers on, things like that. There seems to be quite a lot of things. Now, whether that means there's multiple entities or whether it's just one, one doing quite a lot of things, I don't really know, it's, uh, like I said, when I spent time in this pub myself, um, you do get that, um, that feeling that you're not alone, um, I wouldn't say, I agree with my cousin there, I wouldn't say it was, uh, there was any fear there, it was it was one of those, almost quite playful, whereas you, you sort of felt that, um, whatever, whatever is there, is uh, is not malevolent it's there probably just to be your friend or, or for whatever reason um, not really sure in regards to how I would have felt being downstairs in the pub on my own um, and seeing a figure uh, like she said at the end um, and obviously turning around saying the pub's closed and, and that figure just disappears um, I'm not sure that to me comes across as very friendly but who knows? Maybe uh, that fa- that pub is uh, is now out of our family. It uh, it is now got new owners. And un- annoyingly, I did find quite a lot of information about the history of the pub on the pub's website. It has now been taken over by new owners and they've revamped the whole website and all of the history has disappeared. So whether they're going to put that back up there or not, I don't know. But we shall see for the future if you do or if you are interested in it. It is the Swan in North Hall um, in Buckinghamshire. You will find, hopefully, um, some new things about that. So, fingers crossed, we'll be able to get some more history on the place. But uh, those are your stories. And guess who's joined us now? (laughs) He's he's dragged his ass out of bed to come and say hello. Who, me? Yes, you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who me? you am fucking talking about that ghost. I'm fucking sick as a dog, and I' sick as a dog. So there we go. So Lee has joined us uh, nicely. Thought he'd, he'd come and say hello just to show his face, I suppose. Yeah, you've missed all the good stories. Yeah, though. yeah. so. Uh, you have you have to listen to this yourself. Although good, I'm glad he is here because uh, I don't do the editing. So, you no. Know, uh that's uh that's me getting myself out of that three star review that we had, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've we've had a review, ladies and gentlemen. Um always appreciate a nice review. Um three stars, I'll take that. Um but uh the same thing that I said to you when I re-listened to the Bedfordshire episode was that scream that he put in after one of them I was driving, I nearly crashed the van, I literally crapped my pants, never have I jumped so much, wasn't expecting it um and and now we've had a review saying that uh the screen might put people off so let us know if it did put you off or i want to know if it made you jump yeah so
1: yeah well it made that guy obviously
2: shit himself didn't it? <laughs> yeah i <laughs> hey, can you just imagine that he was like at work
1: or something listening like oh these are good stories and then, and then the screen went off and then he just like just dropped one in his
2: pants yeah and he's like that's it
1: i'm fucking writing a review these bastards
2: three star review yeah. <laughs> you scared the shit out of me um well, three stars is good so. three stars is better than one so and we only did it once yeah we only put it in once yeah. but i think really? you may find that that, <laughs> that might creep its way back in now just to, yeah. just put to prove ten in this yeah, episode just to just yeah the next the next 10 things you're going to hear are screams um, right so i've got one more story so like i said buckinghamshire with the uh, the way it is 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 not is not the most haunted town it's not the most haunted county there's very few people that live there um so the stories are few and far between,
1: probably because of the property prices
2: yeah i yeah that's true, but I have found an an entire village that is haunted now it's called Olney and it's actually only probably about ten miles from where we are now, so it might be somewhere where we can go and uh have a look one day but yeah. ol. Olney is a Buckinghamshire town with a dark and mysterious legend. Okay, Olney is a small market town in North Buckinghamshire, which is famous for its pancake race. The poet William Cowper and the clergyman John Newton, the man who wrote Amazing Grace. Growing up there in the 1970s, I became... This isn't me, by the way, this is... <laughs> I wasn't alive in the 1970s. Growing up there in the 1970s, I was aware of some of its spookier claims to fame. The Whirly Pit, Olney's link with the Devil. There was an old pond that was called the Whirly Pit. Now, this pond was supposed to be bottomless, and on certain nights of the year, the Devil was said to ride out of the pool in a carriage pulled by headless horses. According to legend, the Whirly Pit was connected by an underground stream to the River Ouse and the meadows near the church to the south of the town, and the devil seems to have been busy in and around Olney. Not not content with terrorising the good folk of the town with his headless horses, he seemed hell-bent on making the lives of the local stonemasons a misery. The Moving of the Stones Another legend that surrounds the buildings of St. Peter's Church and St. Paul. So there's two churches, St. Peter's and St. Paul's. Every day, it was said the laborers would lay stones for the foundations of the new church. Every day, the following morning, they would return to find every stone moved exactly to the same position, but in the field next door. Hmm. Realising that some devilry was afoot, they moved the stones back to the church's intended location, but each time they would be moved back. Eventually, they gave up, and old Nick had his own way. Now, I'm not sure about that one. Um, I think that is probably kids <laughs> moving the stones. Depends, r- out,
1: depends how big they are. Uh, true. These will probably be standing stones, I imagine. Yeah. A couple of feet, maybe. Don't know. See, normally when stones are moved, we normally associate that with theories, don't we? Rather mm. than
2: yeah, Satan or whatever. Yeah, but I suppose you're talking here, 18th century, maybe earlier, 16th century, something like that. So I would suppose they're not on the the basis of saying it was fairies. They're probably going, it's the devil. Oh, John Newton's grave. Okay, there is john newton's grave john newton's grave is the largest chest tomb situated in the dark corner of the graveyard there was a legend about his tomb the story went that if one was brave enough and carried out a certain ritual after dark they would see the devil according to the legend you had to walk around it anti-clockwise three times facing away from the tomb You then stood still and closed your eyes before turning three times on the spot. Then, upon looking up and opening your eyes, you would see the devil. I'm sure you can imagine this was perfect material for a gang of teenage boys. A small group of friends aged probably 12 to 14 made our way down to the graveyard just after sunset on a cold autumn evening. As a feral choir boy... I knew its legends well. Full of bravado and testosterone, we edged each other on. Maybe Maybe foolishly, I agreed to go first. According to the instructions, you had to start at the furthest corner where the two walls meet. The gap between the tomb and the wall is claustrophobic and the tomb itself is large enough that a teenage boy cannot see over it. While the walls tower over you, I stand in the corner facing outwards. By now I'm starting to feel a little more nervous. Regretting my former bravado. But I am committed. I start to walk around the tomb three times. Back in the corner again my heart starts to race but I close my eyes. Slowly I turn around. Once my heart beats faster. Twice my hands are clammy. A third time my mouth is dry. I lift up. Open my eyes. Two feet away from my face is an enormous carved devil's head. And that is the picture I'll just show you. So Ooh. so what it is, it, all it is, basically. Like a gaggle. Type yeah, So, but all it is, is actually, if you look at, this is the tomb, right? But if you look into the corner of the tomb, you can see where the, this mossy oh, yeah, bit yeah, is yeah. there. Yeah. But obviously, you don't notice that. But, yeah, it's one of them ones that you you walk around it and go, oh, God, there's a a trick to this. There isn't. The head's been there the whole time. But I can imagine that if you believed it, hook, line, and sinker, it's something that... um, Yeah, you'd still still shit yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah. So it's one of them strange ones. But, like I said, there's not much in Buckinghamshire. I found a few, you know, basic ghost stories. Believe it or not, this is one that I haven't found anything about monks yet. Um. So maybe maybe we'll have to see if that goes on to Patreon see I'll find some more little stories to add to the Patreon bit um, like we do every week and see if uh see if we get any monk stories on Patreon cuz so far there's been a couple of stories I know you've missed the first two um but they the, there's one of a, a royal standard bearer and uh, one of uh, just a general no monks no nuns that does no, seem a little but... bit strange <sighs> yeah I mean one of the stories was about a reverend but he wasn't he's not the, the, ghost. the apparition no the ghost is actually a, a woman um but I don't know it's a bit strange we'll see there's got to be I'll find a monk story just to go on to Patreon Oh, uh, now I was gonna start with this little story but um I think I'll end with it cause it, totally out of um of what we normally do but uh we normally, um, well, we have we have stories that we, we sit there and talk to each other quite regularly. Um, and I thought I'd tell you a little story about a TikTok video that I made, um, which I thought was really, really good. So I went to Moulton Food Festival in Yorkshire, and there's a man out there called the Chili Jam Man. Okay, now... I always buy his stuff. Uh, this isn't a plug for his products, by the way. But I always buy his stuff, these Ace. Uh, really spicy, but quite nice flavors. And I went to him. He, he gives me some free stuff every now and again because, you know, I'm, I'm famous. So he gives me, <laughs> he gives me free stuff. Um, and he gave me, I said to him, what's your hottest one? And he went, oh, I've got this one. It's called the Carolina Reaper. Now, just so you all know, Carolina Reaper, hottest chili in the world. And this is made with six Carolina Reapers. The Carolina Reapers are then fermented into the sauce and left in there for six months to make it more potent.
1: I think the Carolina Reaper got its name because it killed a million people in Carolina.
2: Did it? Yeah. Nice. Well, not nice, but yeah, they didn't know that.
1: Yeah, they all ate it and they all died.
2: Well... I won't anyway. That's a fact. I said to him, I said, Would you recommend eating the Reaper pods? And he said, No, don't be stupid. So I decided to eat one of the Reaper pods. I went, Nah, I like my spice and I do like my spice. I thought I'm quite happy with spice, no problem whatsoever. So I did a little video and I ate one of the pods. I tell you what. Was beautiful. The spice was unreal, but the flavour was was amazing. And I thought I went red. I thought I felt like quite a bit of a, a hard nut. I was like, I've literally just eaten the hottest pepper in the world. It's been fermented for six months, so it's hotter than what most people would eat. This is this is good. Yeah, until about two hours later when it reached my digestive system. And I felt like I was being battered with a dumbbell in the belly and I was literally huddled over the toilet And no, like nothing, like there was no action, you just huddled over the toilet In fact, it got to a point where I was huddled over the toilet, sweating I had to call my wife to get me a bucket Cause I wasn't sure whether I was going to be sick or I was going to shit myself. It just—I was like, this—the pain was unreal. Like I've never felt anything like it. And then the next morning, I mean, I don't—you can imagine—the next morning, holy mother! I was glad I was off the next day. Let's put it that way. It uh, was—I don't think I'd have walked properly the next day. It was, it was, yeah, it was shocking. How long did that last for? The—the pain was about. Probably about two hours Like And it was on and off So you'd You'd go upstairs You'd be like Clutching your stomach Huddled over the toilet But no There's no action Yeah yeah So you feel like you need to go But there's no action whatsoever And um Yeah that was on and off But then It would sort of Disappear So you'd have 10 minutes Of being able 20 minutes Of being able to do What you need to do And And then all of a sudden It'd come back It was like a contraction (laughs) Do you know what I mean Um yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I won't won't be doing it again, let's put it that way. It no. wasn't um it wasn't my smartest move. Um and then uh, I did another video about two minutes uh sat on the toilet I, sat inside, I had a towel over my head and my wife commented on it saying, oh, you're not so not Billy Big Bollocks anymore, are you? And I just did the video and I'm like, you can see my hands like physically shaking. <laughs> I've gone white as a ghost. And I'm like, no, this is not clever. This was not a good idea. Because um, I, I started the actual video going, but I challenge anybody to eat this. Anybody go and buy this, go and eat this. And yeah, and then afterwards I was like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, don't, don't do that at all. So, um, yeah, there's there's a thing for you guys if uh, anyone's interested, go and buy them. But yeah, don't eat the Reaper pods. It's uh, it's not a good idea. No, no. Oh. And a stinging ringer. Yeah, and if you want to see the video, uh, it is on my TikTok, which I'm sure most of you guys have probably heard before. But if you haven't, it's Dan underscore the Viking. Um, you can't miss it. You, you probably all know what I look like by now.
1: No, I don't imagine there's many people that want to see you shaking like a shitting dog <laughs> <laughs> on the bog.
2: <laughs> there's more videos well, than that, you know. but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't my smartest move of the week. Um, no, no, I won't be doing it again. But that uh, that will. Uh, I'm glad you've you've joined us for that little story. Bet you wish you'd stayed in now. But yeah. um that is it for Buckinghamshire. I said uh, there's only about three or four stories there so not very many so I do apologize for that but it's just not that haunted so it's not somewhere where it's not going to be on our top list of places to go no um although like you will listen to the George and Dragon Inn which uh, was the first story that that is uh, probably I would say out of all the stories we've done is probably the best one so although it might not have the best the most amount of content I would say that that particular hotel um, or in is probably the most haunted one we've spoken about so far so yeah I hope you have enjoyed oh, there's uh, if, plenty more to come yeah there is plenty more to come uh, what are we on number four yeah. <laughs> we've, only, we've only got to be so far we've got, uh, got a fair few to go um so yeah I hope you have all enjoyed that and if you are not on Patreon but you want to hear more about Buckinghamshire because there will be some more stories but like I said these ones tend to be sort of paragraph stories, little snippet stories um, get yourselves over to Patreon and uh, you can join us there and listen to all the extended content that you're getting with all of these episodes that are going out for you so yeah thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you on the other side
0: Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch.
2: They'll be back.